You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broken records. The albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records. The music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bette, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty LaPone. Broken record, broken record, broken record, broken record, broken record. Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is legendary columnist Michael Musto, here to talk about Diana Ross and the Supremes sing and perform Funny Girl. Michael Musto is best known for his landmark Village Voice column, La Dolce Musto. Which ran for over 29 years. Oh, he must be so tired. He has been a first-hand account for so many important cultural events in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s through the present day. Basically, in my opinion, if Michael Musto... Doesn't report on something in New York City? Booyakasha, it didn't happen. He gave early vital career coverage to such groundbreaking performers like RuPaul, Ever Heard of Her, Kiki and Her, Bridget Everett, Jackie Hoffman, Bianca Del Rio, and Peppermint. Um, anywho, uh, it's recording? Yeah. Okay, it just doesn't look like it's recording. Yeah, it's just really zoomed out, so it looks like it's going really slow. <laughs> It's like my ass. If you get enough blocks away, it looks really tight. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I have a present for you. I have a present for you. If I can also related to that comment, actually, weirdly oh, enough. Oh, my. Yeah, are you going if first? I can get to it. Um, I'm so excited. Don't get excited. It's not nothing big. Maybe I should say that. Maybe they want to be a sponsor. Well, I don't care if it's big. I just want it to be expensive. Okay, I'm going to give it to you, and you have to read what it says. Is this, like, juice for running? My God. <laughs> okay, I thought this was, like, something a marathon runner would, like, have, like, for, like, carbs. It's this, like, little white square thing with, like, a very classy-looking font. And it has, like, it's, like, a paper envelope with, like, some kind of a fluid inside. And there's a screw-off thing at top. So I assumed it was, you know, like, carbs. But it is Future Method, the Science of Sex, Disposable Anal Douche Solution, fragrance-free. Wow. Oh, there's very complicated instructions. Thank you for You're welcome. This. Uh, it's Future Method, which is I don't, a How new does product. this go in you? Oh, through well, this you little just, insert. It's well, you, or you just, if you have a, um, 
a, a tool. If you if you have an existing no, vessel, you can uh, put it in there and then and then use interesting. it. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. Anyway, but my friend Rachel is she's the art director on this project that they're doing. So I did this photo shoot with her today. Oh, it was a free sample. Yeah, my gift to you is a free sample too. It's like weirdly related to that guy you though. Okay, bring your mind. It's from Patty Lapone. <laughs> Cleaning out her house, gave me a couple I'm of so boxes glad of stuff. House. <laughs> <laughs> and here is one I'm for so you. excited. It's a little um, Chinese food looking gift it, box. It's it, red um, with gold stars. An egg roll, Mr. Goldstone? It may be that, yeah. Let's see. Well, this is, all goes together weirdly. Oh my god, it's some sort of lingerie item. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it is a Lupone Gypsy G-string. City Center opening City Center, baby. Gift. Oh my god, I hope Patty has not worn this. I was or assured. Maybe I, hope she does. I was assured that it has not been worn. Wow, it's very small. I wonder if it's, it still fit me. You're going to have to do a real a real tuck. tuck. Wow. <laughs> um, this is wonderful. Thank you. Um, have you seen anything good? Yes. I have seen um well, I went to the Hal Prince exhibit at the New York Public Library. The New York Public Library? How was that? It was wonderful. Uh, I've taken a deep dive this week because on the recommendation of friend of the pod, David Levy, um, mm-hmm. I read uh, this one of... I'd already read the other Elaine Page... Elaine Page. Because <laughs> it's a book with pages. I'd already read... That the name Elaine, must not be spoken. The Elaine Pages. The Elaine Pages. I already had read... You know, Elaine Page actually did write a book, but it's a picture book. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> she should do a pop-up book. Brenda did that with dogs. Um, but uh, Elaine Stretch, I already read the other Elaine Stretch memoir that's more of like a straight up, I mean, not memoir, biography. Um, but uh, this one is called The End of Pretend and I read it on David Levy's recommendation and it's a wonderful remembrance of the last five years of Stretch's life mm-hmm. uh, from a personal friend and it's just... Was she just like living in the Carlisle the whole time or was that in Michigan? It's Which both. It starts when she's still at the Carlisle before she was really going far downhill. Mm-hmm. He meets her. He's a college uh, professor in New Jersey and he um, brings her to do a master class with his students and they become friends. Mm-hmm. And then he, from time to time, visits her at the Carlisle and then she starts to um, failing health and then she moves to Michigan and he goes several times and stays at her house in Michigan, her mm-hmm. condo. And um, it's just a very detailed portrait of his experience of her. And she, it's, she comes across very vividly and very much herself to the uh, final days. And I was really moved by it. And it just, it's so wonderful to read. You know, I, I never read anymore. And I was such a reader as a kid. And mm-hmm. it's such a meditative and great experience. But this particularly because I'm so fascinated by Elaine Stritch. And it just threw me into a deep dive over the Halloween weekend of... Um, uh, reading, I reread Jim Gavin's wonderful book, Intimate Nights, mm-hmm. all about, um, especially I was really into the stuff about the cabaret scene evolving throughout the 70s and uh, uh, 80s mm-hmm. in New York mm-hmm. City, um, especially the, the sort of birth of Barbara Cook from a sort of faded Broadway ingenue mm-hmm, to sure. a world-class cabaret and concert star in the 70s. And I just went down a huge Barbara Cook rabbit hole on YouTube, which led me into a Sondheim rabbit hole. So it was perfect prep for um, unprotected anal sex. No, for um, <laughs> for the uh, New York Public Library. Oh, uh, Hal Prince. Hal Prince exhibit, which was, <laughs> was uh, really fascinating. I mean, you get to read, like, you know, detailed 
handwritten oh, letters go. between Hal and Steve and Hal and Richard Rogers and Angela Ed Weber and, and Kander and Ebb and great little strange, um, I don't know if they were library or public television, little video interviews in different little TVs with headphones all along the walls, but that are, um, you know, for example, Liza and Kander and Ebb talking, re- re- reminiscing about Kander, uh, Flora the Red Menace, and this is them talking oh. in the 70s, so it's... I'd never seen this little conversation before. I love that. Uh, it's just very cool, and people should all go check it out. And was uh, that already was that already planned, or did it happen as a result of his death? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure that's knowable. Yeah, you need an intern. We'll get the intern on that, um, Jane. Uh, that's fun. I need to go see that. Um, I, I do feel like I saw a show though. Yeah, you did, right? Didn't I? Well, we saw Marilyn May. Marilyn May, fabulous. Marvelous. We need to get her as a guest. We need to get her I as mean, a I, guest. I mean, I really do think, like, Marilyn's, like, my favorite live performer, maybe. Yeah. And... That's, we have, that's what we have to... We have to get her... We can squeeze her in this season for the P-Town section. Yes, for sure. We'll just cheat and record her here in the city. Right, right. Keep moving, boys. <laughs> um, we have an ongoing <laughs> fantasy, because in P-Town, we stayed at the same uh, hotel that Marilyn stays at. Anchor in. Where we have stayed before, also, also simultaneously with her the previous time, and uh, we love the Anchor Inn in Provincetown. That's sponsor, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, um, and um, had all the boys and dogs. Um, but we, um, Molly and Bo, those are the dogs. Um, the boys are uh, Chris and um, I'm facing friends with him, Michael. Yes, Chris and Michael. We'll edit that in post. Um, Chris and Michael. Anyway, um, Chris is so adorable. I'm in love with him. Um, Michael's very cute, too. Um, anyway, we always stay at the Anchor Inn, uh, and we've been there at the same time as Marilyn May, and we're so obsessed with her. And first of all, she's just a legend in P-Town. Like, you'd think she was Lady Gaga walking down Commercial Street. Right, everyone's just, just like, stopped every few yeah. steps. But she has this, like, incredibly, like, like many of the, like, Broadway divas and, like, you know, singers. <laughs> she's just a really salty personality. Not yeah. in, like, a bad way. She's incredibly lovely and warm and, and generous. But she's a straight shooter. And straight she doesn't shooter. suffer fools. Tells and she like calls it, it like she sees it, you know. And I just one of my first memories of her in P-Town was, like, sitting on the porch of the Anchor Inn. And it was family week, and, like, all these um, families were walking by with strollers, you know. Um, And Marilyn just looks at me, and she goes, where are all the fucking guys? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so anyway, we have this whole ongoing joke, Daniel and I, this bit we do, that we just imagine Marilyn just, like, having no time for us, and us just being like, oh, my God, Marilyn, like, when you (laughs) sang the medley from King and I, and her being like, keep moving, boys. Uh, like, us being like, Marilyn, can I just tell you? Uh -uh." (laughs) Uh-uh. Just like smoking a cigarette, like Mike Ehrman. She doesn't even smoke. Better call Saul. Like Mike Ehrman Trout and Better Call Saul. I think she takes out a hit on us because we won't leave her alone. (sighs) Yeah. So um, we just love her. Um, I love Marilyn. We just love her. I love her so much. So I, and much. I, those albums on Spotify, baby, check them out. So good. Also on Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> because so I am an Apple Music stupid. person. You're so stupid. I'm an Apple Music Diddy person. Diddy don't. Diddy don't. Why, why shouldn't I be on Apple Music? <sighs> I mean, that definitely scans. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm crying. I okay. don't want to be like those people. Apple Music people? I, 
I want it both ways. I want to be the way I am, but I want you to think I'm cool. I think you're cool the way you are. Which, maybe you don't think that's cool. But maybe that's why I like you, because you don't need to be cool like everyone else. The same type of cool. As I said on my senior page in my high school yearbook, why should I paint like you or anyone else? James the Pine. Welcome to Broken Records. Thank you. And uh, we're very excited to have a true New York institution, an icon, a legend. <laughs> a I mean, landmark. These words get I'd rather around. be. I'd rather be employed. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Yeah, a wonderful weekly column on New Now Next that true, we true. all live for. And um, you'd see him on anytime anybody's talking about anything interesting in pop culture, certainly anything gay or theater related, there's Michael Musto. And we're honored to have him right here with us today. It's an honor Yay. to be had. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike, can I start right away about Please. my my favorite album? Yes. I, my two favorites. One of them is Laura Nero and LaBelle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called God, Gonna Take a Miracle, but that's not a show tune album. Well, but we love Laura Nero here, too. And my, fa- my favorite album of all, sec- other favorite album is Diana Ross and the Supremes, and this is the full title, Sing and Perform Funny Girl. Sing and Perform. <laughs> yes. And, and um, Diana Ross has always been my favorite star. I mean, she just sparkles. She is pure showbiz. But she also has the profundity and the gravitas, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, not only were the Supremes at this point putting out incredible hit records like Baby Love and Come See About Me, but Barry Gordy, the head of Motown and Diana's man, um, had them putting out these special albums, these theme albums. They did one about Liverpool. They did We Remember Sam Cooke. They did the Supremes sing Rogers and yeah, Hart, that mm-hmm. which is how I found out about songs like Thou Swell and Mount wow. And that made top 20 on the Billboard chart. Did it. But the Funny Girl one bombed. It made 150. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was the lowest rated Supremes record of all time, whether specialty or hit. Were people turned off by the Broadway connection? Was that the issue? I think people had a hard time thinking of Diana as Fanny Bryce because she's black. But she pulls it off. She's brilliant. Oh, it's so good. And Barbara Streisand was not happy about this, by the way. This was before the movie Funny Girl came out. Oh, so she was, it was, she didn't have her competition. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? They, if you've heard the album, First of all, it's done as one continuous track, except oh, for when yeah. you have to turn it over. Mm-hmm. And, and people, do you remember albums? And um, also, it's done with a Motown flavor. Yeah, so that is for sure. It's the Funny Girl score with a Motown flavor. And the two Supremes, which at this point were Mary Wilson and Cindy Birdsong, Flo Ballard, a.k.a. Effie, was gone. Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen Dreamgirls. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they also enhanced their vocals with other vocals. When they re-released the album years later as a CD, they isolated Mary and Cindy's vocals. Mm-hmm. But I don't even want to hear that. I like the original where it's a, like a chorus of backup singers. That's what I know. That's what's mm-hmm. on iTunes, I think, or Apple yeah. Music is mm-hmm. the chorus behind her. Yeah, and Diana does it with the Yiddishisms. She does the oy vays and she pulls yeah. it off. And she does the upbeat numbers like Cornet Man beautifully. Oh, yeah. Wanna 
She does the ballads like music that makes me dance beautifully. I mean, it's funny knowing the album that anyone would think whether or not she was appropriate to play Fanny Bryce because it's not what it's about at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, and some of the songs are really done in a new vibe. I mean, I think um, like If a Girl Isn't Pretty, which is just like a throwaway number in the in the show, is like a big Motown anthem on the album, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. that one starts with Mary and Cindy going, if a girl isn't pretty, Mm -hmm. really pretty. All she gets in life is pity and a pat And he knows with deviation is a crime against the nation Throw her into jail or maybe drown the cat In the days when you would do the Diana Ross show, did you ever have any of those songs in it? No, I thought it was even too obscure. Uh, the most obscure I would get was <laughs> I'm Living in Shame, <laughs> which was their follow-up to Love Child. About. So, okay, how did you discover this album? You were already a Diana Ross fan before yes. it came out. Mm-hmm. There was something called, like, the Record of the Month Club or something. They would send you flyers in the mail, and you would pick, like, three albums, and they would come in the mail. This is, and like, they Columbia, would forget, BMG. Yes, kind of the Columbia. Yeah. yeah, and they would forget to bill you. <gasps> For years, I was scamming free albums and never had to pay. Well, That's amazing. Their That's loss was America's game. Right. Thank you. So, of course, I picked anything with Diana Ross. And yeah. I also later picked, like, Tapestry by Carol King. Uh, yeah. All these great albums. Mm-hmm. It's too late, baby, now. It's too late. Though we really did try to make it. Something inside has died. And I can't hide. And I just can't fake it. But so, so you were not a Broadway fan, though, because you didn't know Rodgers and Hart until you got that. Well, I was uh, 13. You know, the, Rodgers and Hart was a little before my time. But, yeah. I, <laughs> I, but I was a Broadway fan in that I would see on the Ed Sullivan Variety Show every Sunday mm-hmm. numbers from Maggie Flynn or whatever terrible mm-hmm. show. And I just loved it. I don't care if it was good or bad. You know, he would have later on No No Nanette and... Every big music, and so you you were a fan of Barbara Streisand already, and funny. Yeah, I love Barbara Streisand. Um, so was this like peanut butter and chocolate coming together for you to hear about this album? Yeah, it was like a fluffer nutter sandwich. It's like my two favorite things, like <laughs> Funny Girl and Diana <laughs> Ross. Fluffers. Fluffer. It was too good to be true, and it, it was visually beautiful. The album it was a fold out, and it had gorgeous photos of the three girls. Mm. Have you ever seen it? It's just no, I've seen it just, the just the cover. Yeah. It's breathtaking. Yeah, but they're the photos have nothing to do with Funny Girl. They're just no. It's photos. just them being fabulous. Just yeah. them being fabulous. And were I mean, were these songs? Did they wind up then when they would play like the in Vegas and stuff? Were they? Was this part of their act? Is that what she would do? My man in her act, but that's not mm-hmm. on the album. What's the difference if I say I'll go away? When I know I'll come back on my knees someday Whatever my man is 
and they did Cornet Man on some TV variety show, and it was just lip sync to the album. They didn't so it was really much. just kind of like a one-off. But it was they, they weren't going to incorporate this into their act that much because the audience wanted the hits, right? Mm-hmm. And this was a mm-hmm. huge flop, huge flop. Just but you thing. were obsessed with it right away. I just adored it. It's they. How did they crank out these specialty albums? And they seemed so carefully put together. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem like throwaways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I had to get, oh, let me get the country one and the Liverpool one. I didn't care about Sam Cooke. I'd never heard of him. Yeah. Well, now I want to hear that. Is that one released? I mean, those are good songs. Yeah. I mean, Diana never gave a bad vocal performance in her life. Well, I just love the Motown. I mean, I do love Diana so much, but I love the Motown sound so much. And that, um, I mean, I would you could tell me it was Diana Ross and the Supreme sing Nirvana or, you know, mm-hmm. Weezer. I mean, I would want to hear that. I, I feel like that sound just, you can you can paint that over any existing music and it'll be fabulous. And they stretched. They didn't just do Motown songs per se. Remember they did You Keep Me Hanging On, which was a heavy rock, like a hard rock song. I mean, they put the Motown twist on that, and they did yeah. the happening, which was almost like a 1920s sound. Right, yeah. Hey, life, look at me. I can see the real time. shook me, took me out of my world. I woke up. Suddenly I just woke up to the happening. When you find it, that you love the future be So they tried everything with the Supremes. So were, were you experiencing it on that kind of a sophisticated level, or what was your early experience of the Supremes' Funny Girl album like? I saw it, first of all, as a through line, like a narrative through line. I hadn't seen Funny Girl. I wasn't going to really Broadway shows at this the point. Movie, yeah. yeah, I didn't even see the movie when it came out, and I have a horrible story about that. My father and I drove to Manhattan from Brooklyn where we lived, and my father found out it was 450, which at the time was a lot <laughs> because it was one of those first run theaters. It wasn't just a regular movie yeah. theater. And he said, let's just go back home. And I was crushed. Oh, it was like, my God. It was the moment I almost turned straight. <laughs> <laughs> and I understood that my father didn't want to throw money away. And also I would have had to sit there and be, like, reveling in this movie as my mm-hmm. father made remarks. Mm-hmm. What kind I of do, remarks? Oh, she's Jewish. Oh, really? She's not attractive. Yeah, okay. stuff like that. And I, mm-hmm. But I still would have loved Segan, and I would have just yeah. blocked him out. But it was heartbreaking for little Mikey. And I didn't see Funny Girl till years later, And at which point I thought it was really the best movie ever made. Oh, so good. And how do you feel about the movie now? I feel the same way. And I feel it's the greatest performance in a musical ever captured. Have you guessed yet who's the best yet? If you ain't So uh, what about um, the Diana Ross things that came after she left the Supremes? Where, where, How did you go on that journey? The movies, for example, speaking of... Um... Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> musically, 
it wasn't certain what was going to happen to Diana's solo career. It wasn't mm -hmm. a guarantee that she was going to be a superstar, as she turned out to be. The Supremes replaced her with Jeannie Terrell as mm -hmm. lead singer. Mm -hmm. And they had some hits right away. They right. had Up the Ladder to the Roof yeah, and Stone sure. Love. And then it's like, what's Diana going to do? Weren't the Supremes kind of interchangeable at that point, though? They'd release an album with different singers and call it the Supremes. And it well, they still had Mary and Cindy. But Jeannie Terrell became the new singer. And she was great, but no one is Diana Ross. Yeah. So they were having hits, but it's like, this isn't going to last. And then Diana, when she came out with her solo stuff, was it was phenomenal. It was yeah. um, mm -hmm. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, totally revamped. Was that on the first album after the Supremes, Ain't No Mountain I don't want to say that for sure because I'm not sure. But um, but she had hits right away. She did, and and she still had the glamour, and she obviously had the star quality. This is like mm -hmm. Beyonce going solo; like it was such a duh mm -hmm. from day one. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even want Diana at first to be lead singer in the early days when it was the Primettes. Right? They said she was too skinny and she was nasal sounding. Oh. And but all the baloney that flow may she rest <laughs> uh, should have been the lead singer. I disagree with that. It's not mm -hmm. like Dreamgirls. Flo did not have a volcanic talent. She, yeah. was, she was beautiful and she had a sweet voice. Is she the lead vocal on any of the big hits, Flo? She, only on um, very unknown stuff that even wasn't released. And Mary had a couple of things here and there. It really was Diana all the way. And then as for the movies, Diana's first movie was Lady Sings the Blues. She played yeah. Billie Holiday. She was brilliant. Right. She turned out to be a real actor. Mm -hmm. And she didn't Almost won the imitate. Academy Award over life. Yeah, for she that. was supposed to win. And Barry Gordy actually had overhyped Diana. Oh. And also this was a time when African Americans weren't really nominated, but Cicely Tyson was up the same year for Sounder. She was amazing in Sounder. Was like the black oh. people. So I actually think it canceled. I, that's my theory. And Liza won, and nobody's going to argue with Liza winning because yeah. you know cabaret. That was mm -hmm. that was everything. But I thought, wow, Diana's really going to have an incredible movie career, and she never did. She was going to win, and Barry fucked it up. I swear, it should have been a tie with her, Cicely, and Liza. The other nominees were Maggie Smith for Travels with I My mean, Aunt and Lee Ullman for one of those. Well, they didn't need that fruity Oscar. films. They had other Oscars to get, but yeah, Maggie has two. Lee never won. And Cicely never won. I mean, Liza must have thought you get nominated every time you do a movie at that point. Was Mahogany right after that? It was sometime after that. And that was a terrible film that I love. I've seen mm -hmm. it 20 times. Anthony Perkins it. is a psychotic gay. I just recently yeah. watched it for the first time. It's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. And it's totally retrograde because uh -huh. at the end she's like, I'll give up everything for my man, Billy D. Right. Williams. It's like so not feminist. But all the clothes were from Diana's closet. and Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But and there's no singing in that one. And though. I think it was a hit. Well, she sings, Do you know yeah. where you're going? Right. By Hogany. Dory Previn, yes. who wrote the songs for Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. And get this, when they came out with the Oscar nominations for Best Song, 
Do You Know What Where I'm Going To, which was themed for Mahogany, was not nominated. And there was such an uproar that they had to retally the votes and say, oh, yeah, you know what? It was nominated. Amazing. And I, mean, I think wow. it won. Has I'm that ever sure. happened before? I think, no. No, but they wow. got called on their bullshit, and they were like, all right, let's nominate. I think it won. We'll have to look that up. I mean, that is such a It's a called, um, do you know where classic. you're going to? Mm-hmm. The theme from Mahogany. Theme from Mahogany. Yeah. But that's just like over the credits, right? That's, that's, yeah, she doesn't not sing in the movie. She does modeling. She's a model and a designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like an old Lana Turner movie. If, with so when that movie bombed, were you like, oh, this movie career is not going to take off? I'm not sure if it was such like, a bomb, but it was just bad. Oh, gotcha. But, um, the the next movie she made was years later. She made The Wiz. Yeah, well, that's a long time later. And right? she was like 65 playing Dorothy. It was just not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. And it was filmed on location in New York. I, I love the art direction of that movie. I love it being set in Harlem instead of Kansas on a farm. You know, it suits that Motown flavor of music. But she played like a teacher no, she who was, never left she home. It's, yeah. You thought, well, she's mentally ill. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. This isn't fun to watch. This no, it's crazy so woman. strange. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a disaster. She never did another movie, though. There was so much talk about her doing The Bodyguard. Originally, it was her and Ryan O'Neal. Oh, fascinating. And I don't know why it didn't happen. She was going to remake Diva. All What's these things. Diva, that... Remember that French film about the opera singer? Oh, is... is... She was going to make it as a Hollywood film. Okay. And I think Diana sabotages, I hate to say, okay. a lot of career oh, opportunities. She's a bit of a diva herself. Yeah, the, the song was just nominated. It did not win. Oh, I wonder what won that year. Maybe the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> Morning after. No, it's another another big hit. But Diana has made TV movies. She made a movie called Double Platinum with Brian Stokes Mitchell and Brandy. Right, I remember that. That was, was good. That was the '90s or 2000s, I guess. Already, yeah, the aughts. And she was good. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That I mean, she can act. She so has why a gift. She and she still could probably do that now if she. It's wanted criminal to. that she didn't have more of a movie career. Liza mm. Minnelli, Hollywood didn't know what to do with. Yeah, mm. but Liza, in a way, it's almost more understandable because she's such a freak, and she's been so out of commission, uh, mentally. At you know, I mean, it. it but it's more that at that point, I mean, Cabaret was an incredible breakthrough for her. But then they didn't know what to do with her, and she was put in terrible movies like New. Mm. Um, New well, York, New, New York, New York, York is terrible, but that was a disaster. But rent a Lucky cop lady. and all that, yeah. yeah. But like, what? But I mean, Diana. It seems strange that she is so beautiful, and she would have been so castable in such a variety of things. But like I say, I think she puts the kibosh on a lot of projects. Maybe they're not right for her, and I respect her mm-hmm. for that. But she should have done more. Was there anything that you saw where you were like, "Ah, oh, this should have been Diana." Everything. Yeah. I mean, the favorite, Call Me By Your Name. Everything should have been <laughs> Call Diana. Me By Your Name. <laughs> she should be in everything. Well, that could be Diana Ross and the Supremes saying Call Me By Your Name. Well, in fact, when uh, I finally saw the movie of Funny Girl, I was like, Barbara's okay, but <laughs> Diana would have been better. No, so okay, but did did you stay a devoted fan through the solo stuff? Were you going to concerts? Like, were you that kind of fan? Oh, yes. And, you know, in the 80s, she had sort of a comeback. She had a whole mm-hmm. new wave. I didn't like Endless Love, the duet with Lionel Richie. Yeah. Though that was probably her biggest hit of all time. But I liked her string of new... Kind I'm of coming out. It's all, oh, that boss. stuff. Yeah the, yeah, the boss is the best. Yeah.
and I actually met her uh, on the Intrepid. She had a party when she was doing a run at Radio City, and she came up to me because I was just standing there like <laughs> drooling. And she's like, "Hi, I'm Diana Ross," and I was like, "I know." And then we just had a chat, and we saw, I said, "Well, I think I hope your next single is going to be Missing You." That was a pretty song she did about Marvin Gaye having died. Mm. And she goes, "As a matter of fact, it is." And I was like, "So now I say, oh, I, I convinced her to release yeah. that song." <laughs> I mean, well, okay, so what about when you were doing the Diana Ross stuff? You know, I mean, that was the beginning of your career. That kind of put you on the map downtown, right? Just being this, like, performer in that scene. And- well, in 1980, I was, like, a little bit bored. And my roommate at the time, who I got through the gay roommate service, was a guitarist. And I was like, well, let's start a band. <laughs> let's yeah. do a Mickey and Judy. And I loved Motown music. And I said, let's just do Motown covers. It's easy. <laughs> we don't have to write new songs. And I'll be sort of a white, gay Diana Ross, sort of like Michael Jackson. Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> and, you know, people say, oh, I, I saw you do Diana Ross. I wasn't doing Diana Ross. Mm. So you that know, myth is I wasn't doing false. blackface. Thank God. Right. No, I was just being a campy gay guy doing I'm Living in Shame. And also we would sprinkle in Ain't Too Proud songs, you know, um, Get Ready by the Temptations. So it was, it was a Motown show. It was not a Diana Ross show. Yeah, That's was, a misnomer. It was a gay, campy gay take on Motown. And uh, occasionally we, we would work in an original song, but we didn't go very far with that. And did you write the original songs? <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a gift. <laughs> and, and where were you doing those shows? All over town. In fact, we, we were on the same bill with Madonna in 1982. It was a club called Chase Park. It was a Chase Bank turned into a nightclub. Oh, my God. Madonna was up and coming at that point. And we were equal in the ads. It was Madonna, the must. The must. Was and that she the name of the Motown band? The yeah, and then later, a la Diana Ross and the Supremes, it became Michael Musto and the Must. Because ah! I wanted to do everything Diana did. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them... I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. And kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so now, like, when you've done these shows, like, at, uh, like, I saw you at Club Coming. And uh, did I, did you do one at Pangea, too, or did I make that up? I've appeared there, yeah. Like, uh, do you ever think about doing, doing, like, a full revival of The Must? No, because you know the members kind of broke up, and some of them are gone. And well, you can replace them like Diana would. And it I sucks. Mean, yeah, I know good guitarists. <laughs> it's like bringing back the plague or something. Like, why would you bring the back plague. the must? Why would you bring never back? left? I now like the format of doing duets and things like that because yeah. you have your safety net. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but that's I mean, the show you did at Club Coming, right? The duets. Yeah, I've done four duet shows so far for charity. But I mean, you know what? The show I do with Countess Luann, you came and you did solos. You didn't need it. And I did a Diana Ross song. I did You Can't Very Love. I mean, you don't need a safety net. Do you you feel And I hate the Phil Collins cover because it's like, I want to be the only white male to cover this stuff. (laughs) Yes. Well, you're you're a black woman in my heart. I am. I do. I really. A black lesbian, actually. A black lesbian. (laughs) What what about. uh, like, were you there, like, at the famous, like, Central Park concert where she got rained on? Like, was that? I was. Yes. And that was the scariest thing ever because we, everyone knew it was going to rain, but we didn't know it was going to rain that heavy. Mm. I mean, it was really torrential with lightning, and it just felt like the world was caving in. And Diana, poor thing, was trying to hold it together. It's, everyone calmed down. You know, people were stampeding to get out of the park like they thought they were going to die. And oh it, as a result, they were causing the danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was terrified of being stampeded to death. And Diana, you know, she kept going. The fla- the rain makes the flowers to grow because Diana's all about love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you know her. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember running to some nearby restaurant, like what's the restaurant in Central Park West? Oh, the Tavern on the Green? Or, no, some other, uh, Undertois or something. Uh, not Undertois, but... Uh, French name, but anyway, yeah. they let people just hide for cover. They didn't force you to order. That, that was very cool of them. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of tried to dry off, and I was in shock because my favorite concert of all time ended in horror. Oh my god! And poor Diana was left there alone. I was like, I hope she doesn't get electric. <laughs> she kept know, singing and talking. And and then she did a makeup concert, right? That was like, yeah. And then I was so traumatized. I didn't go. back. You didn't go back. No. Wow. I think there's a big documentary about the whole experience. Oh, I've got to check oh, that wow. out. But I saw her two years ago in concert uh, at uh, City Center. And she oh, yeah. was amazing. She's still in tip-top voice. Is she? She did a million costume changes. Well, the great thing is Diana at this point knows that people just want the hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just delivers all the hits. She doesn't do a lot of stupid medleys where you just do two lines of each. She really does yeah. the whole song. Right. My World is Empty Without You, I think, is one of her favorite Supreme Great songs. Song. She does the whole song. Beautiful. She then comes back and does a whole Billie Holiday thing, mm-hmm. and she nails it just like she did in the movie. And her only original or non-Diana song that she does is I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Right, which she did cover. I mean, I'm sure in her And she would bring up Rhonda, her daughter. Rhonda would come out and sing a few notes. Ah, uh, Okay. Which was sweet. Ron is the singer. Then you have Tracy Ellis Ross is the actor yes, from Blackish. Chudney was a model, I think, a mm-hmm. misspelled model. And, um, a misspelled model. That's my album. I always look through my spice rack. What should I name my kid? <laughs> How about smudged. some Calantro? <laughs> Calantro. 
And then Diane has the twins, the cute guys. One of them is married to Ashley oh, right. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnie Ness was the father. He was the Swedish guy, I think. He passed in a skiing accident. But And one is named Ross, right? Isn't that the first name? Yeah, like Ross Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Ross Ness. He's a Ross Ness monster. But they're gorgeous and they're talented because she used to bring them out in concert and they would do like break dancing and stuff. Oh, yeah, Judy Garland Christmas special stuff. I mean, I worshipped Ross. <laughs> What what about like just going back to her like with Broadway stuff? Like I remember like I have some live album, must be from like late seventies, early eighties, where she does like a whole chorus line section and like what where how did you feel about all that stuff? Well, let me tell you, please people go on YouTube. She did a leading ladies medley. Have you ever seen this? No, but I feel like it's I It's from one of the specials. Like I think the special was called TCB or something, taking care of business. <laughs> she did a couple of specials. Um, one of them was with the Temptations. Her leading lady medley is incredible because she does doing what comes naturally. And for each uh, show tune that she does, it's a whole different setup with incredible wigs and costumes. Oh my God. And it has a an opening song. It's a leading lady, leading lady. I always wanted to be a Broadway leading lady. The rootin' tootin'est Annie or a madcap <laughs> no. name or Dolly. No. That sad and funny girl Fanny, who she had already played. Nellie Forbush or unsinkable Molly. Wow. it's Some gay that guy song. wrote that for her special. It sounds almost and like a Jules Stein. I swear. Dove in. So it wasn't I mean, Holland does your Holland. That's would you? I mean, would do you have any fantasy of her doing? I guess they just did Dolly, but could, you know, sh- could she do Mame? Yes, absolutely. Oh, she'd be a great Mame. She could do Dolly. She could do Mame. She could do Waiting for Godot. She could do anything in my book. <laughs> Call and if she name. ever passes, just shoot me, because life will not be worth living. So what if if you mean that? What? <laughs> I, it, oh, now some psycho out there. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I mean, I feel that way about Patty Lapone, you know, and I have so yes. many aspirations and my emotional roller coaster. <laughs> you know, I'm on the ride as the news comes in, pro or con Patty on a week to week, month to month, whatever. I loved in the Tonys when they name checked her and the two yes. things, you know, even though she wasn't there, she was there. But um, so, like, what are, how is that for you as a Diana fan in 2019? Like, what, what are you hoping for? What are you scared of? Is that a lyric to the thing I from I think Mahogany? she has a new attitude where she's just happy to be who she is. Mm-hmm. She's not pushing anymore. She's not self-sabotaging anymore. Mm-hmm. She's giving her fans what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting any gigantic renaissance or some reinvention. That's mm-hmm. not what she's about at this point. She's proven already that she can do anything. Mm-hmm. But she's now, not doing that stuff. She's just doing... She's touring. She's touring a lot. But she'll always come out with new music. 
I mean, when I mean, she does, are you do you get excited about the new album? I don't. I have to admit, I turn on my idols when it comes to their new music after a yeah. certain point because it just isn't of the same quality. I'm sorry. Right. Like, I could you listen to the new Madonna stuff? I mean, I'm not this album. I haven't listened to yet, but I have been with her. Like, I loved the Rebel Heart. I loved that <laughs> album. I loved that tour. Okay. Um, but I mean, but Madonna is. Uh, I think. I have an easier time accepting new Madonna because I don't care that much to be. I mean, I care, but it's limited. You know, I, I'm more into the idea of Madonna than even the any of the music. You know. Yeah, I think one of my favorite Diana Ross songs is "It's My Turn." Yes. Oh, that's oh, a God. great one. Yeah. Oh God! That's, That's my, one of my karaoke one. go-to. She I kills me with song. that. That I always read into that song as being about her turning the page on Barry and yes. you know, facing the new decade with, with independence. Oh, she's a method actor because she really digs into her soul <laughs> for every lyric. <laughs> Upside down, you turn to me. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I mean, but so okay. Well, that was at one point. That was a new song. I mean, when did you stop caring about the new music? When it started being what seemed like self-produced kind of elevator music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, without the, really the great producers working with her, because let's face it, they're fickle. They'll they'll move on to the new right. town. Mm-hmm. She needs to move uh, to work with whoever the new Luther Vandrosses are, or yeah. David Foster's. Not, get back with Nile Rogers. Yeah, mm. he did Upside Down and yeah. I'm Coming Out. I mean, who is he working he, with now? Oh, he does Pharrell Williams. He's hotter than yeah. ever. So he probably doesn't want to do a Diana Ross. Track. And of course, I love Diana in We Are the World. Yes. That was one of her finer moments. Sure. But I mean, already that's 35 years ago. I'm just plucking randomly any <laughs> Diana memory. It's like, it's all good. I mean, I, what, so, but so you really are, you're happy with her doing what she's doing. You don't have an agenda for, for the rest of the Diana Ross. <laughs> Look, she has earned the right to do whatever she wants at this point. Yeah. And I do get a better vibe from her now. Like, she's calm. She's at peace. If you read an interview with her, it's just love, love, love. She yeah. doesn't dish. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any grudges. It does surprise me she's not being cat, or she probably doesn't want to, but she's not, you know, doing, like, a Hello, Dolly or Sunset Boulevard. Or what you about even, in real life? What about even? Yeah. <laughs> well, she is she's not doing it Norma doesn't. Yeah. Well, why, like, why hasn't she been on Blackish? Couldn't she play... I, um, you know, some aunt or cousin or something like that would seem. She probably cool. doesn't want to be like horning in on Tracy's thing. Sure, like or Tracy one, doesn't want her two. horning in. But that right. show is now an established, long-running hit. Tracy's completely. There's a generation that doesn't even know Diana that knows Tracy. So Diana could do that. I don't think there's anything vulnerable there. I don't see her doing a lot of guest appearances anymore. I don't think she's into it. One of the highlights of my life was seeing the Supremes as nuns on Tarzan. With Ron Ely, who oh turned God. me gay, along with the Supremes <laughs> turning me gay. He was a hot fucking stud in a loincloth. Ron Ely, E-L-Y. Yeah. He starred on, t- on TV in t- as Tarzan. It was like a Tarzan variety show? No, no. It was like a half hour, um, you know, a dramatic series. Mm. And he had just the most beautiful body swinging on that vine. Mm. And there was a special episode with the Supremes as nuns in Africa. 
That's so And they random. sang. They managed to work some songs like, The Lord helps those who help themselves. Okay, this is Amen. a must Amen. A must on last. A little boy was very sad. He felt so all alone. He had no one to play with. No friends to call his own. His loneliness just grew and grew. He cried most every night. What's wrong with me, he asked himself. He prayed with all his might. The Lord helps those who help themselves. Amen. So between, like Diana and Funny Girl, this is now Diana and the hottest man who ever lived. As I'm entering puberty, I just exploded. I became a one-man <laughs> pride parade. <laughs> Showers of just pride. Need, I needed a lot of showering after that. I mean, but so... And the idea of Diana as a nun was sort of semi-hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. I To me, maybe it's because, like, my first experience of her was The Wiz, which was, like, a big movie for me when I was little, even though now I can appreciate it's, you know, not a good iteration yeah but i just i i think of her as being like prudish like that like to me a nun seems like a natural you know it all when i hear about yeah. her getting arrested for pot like in phoenix or maui or whatever that is i'm always like what well she has in the past had a few ice cubes in her glass i would say <laughs> but um what i loved about the nuns is they definitely had like Fabulous eyelashes and and sixties mm-hmm. makeup. Mm. It was like Liz Taylor and Cleopatra. You yeah, know, she looked more sixties than whatever she was supposed mm-hmm. to be. I guess the artistic in- integrity of the Tarzan Weekly series wasn't that tight. I bought it. Yeah, and Diana always was a tasteful star. Yes, <laughs> you know I hate to become Nancy Reagan now, but it's like. <laughs> I like the fact that there was always like a stamp of quality on everything she did, except mm. the Wiz. Except the Wiz. Maybe she was burnt. The Wiz was so badly directed by Sidney Lumet. It's like, why would you have him direct a musical first of all? Well, they did that a lot. Like, like get the guy who did Network. Yeah. You know? yeah right. <laughs> the guy who did Twelve Angry Men. He'd be great to do the Wiz. Yeah, they got John Huston to do Annie. Yeah. Uh, so Richard Attenborough. <laughs> get the guy who did Gandhi to do Chorus, <laughs> Chorus Line. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 But the the weird thing in the Wiz is when. Uh, Eveline is singing Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News. Yeah. And she shot from like a 20-yard uh, long shot. Yeah. What is happening here? This is like at the end of uh, Shaney Wallace's big number at Oliver. When they the camera pulls away, and I even talked to Shaney about it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> now I'm dropping is. all the big names. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I don't know, I guess it was odd at the time. It was considered odd. <laughs> she wasn't happy about it. <laughs> even Madonna and Evita, when they cut away her big ending of Don't Cry For Me. Oh, over the crowd, though. Yeah, I mean that's that was screaming for a close up. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> you were like, pull away, pull no. away. You know, I actually like bring the back movie Patty. Vita. I mean, it's our best film because she doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You're right. It's I mean, like a feature length uh, music video. But that's what it should. Be. I mean, that musical with no dialogue. It's you know song, and it's not like an opera. I mean, those are all songs. It's song after song. It. I think that was the right way to make the movie. I mean, yeah. All the things that I think were hard about that movie, they nailed. And then the easy stuff that they could have just stolen from Broadway, 
they messed up. But you know, when Ken Russell was originally attached to with, direct with it, Liza DeBieva, he Robert Stigwood insisted on Elaine Page to Ugh. play Evita, which is like absurd. She's not box office. It's not anything. Oh, stop! And uh, <laughs> Ken Russell said, "But let me just bring in Liza Minnelli for screen test, and I'll convince you you don't want Elaine Page." Yeah. And Liza flew down like to the Caribbean, and Ken Russell. I interviewed him before his passing, and he said she gave the most incredible screen test in the history of screen tests. Wow. And Stigwood was so stubborn, the producer, that he just said, sorry, I want Elaine Page. And never happened. And that's the reason the first attempt fell apart. Oh, my God. Yeah, it just never got there. Because then I, supposedly there's an amazing um, audition tape from Meryl Streep, and there's supposed to be a really? decent one from Michelle Pfeiffer, too, that I think <sighs> those were like Oliver Stone era. If Evita was like a valley girl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry <for> Argentina. <laughs> Don't have a cow. <laughs> oh jeez! But uh, the things. Well, well, remember when Chicago was going to be Goldie Hawn and was it Liza? It was Goldie and Liza, but then also I heard um, Goldie and Madonna, and they wanted a star in every cell. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. I guess and they, they got Cheetah. They got Cheetah. <laughs> Twenty she years was, later, she was happy to be to be included. Um, did you like that movie, Chicago? I did. I usually I don't like that kind of frenetic editing. I hated Moulin Rouge, and I'm dreading the show, mm-hmm. but. Um, <laughs> It worked for Chicago, though I thought everything was enhanced. Like, Renee Zellweger probably doesn't sing that well. Richard Gere doesn't dance that well. All right, well, you brought her up. Let's talk about Judy. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't like End of the Rainbow. Really? Is it based on End of the Rainbow? Oh, I didn't think it was. Is it? Same time period of Judy's life. Yeah, I mean, I liked End of the Rainbow. I know that's, like, sacrilege as a Judy fan, but... Well, the woman, Tracy, was such a nightmare to me. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I was supposed to do uh, two talkbacks with her. Oh. And I did the first one and wrote it up on my blog because, yeah. hello, it's people there have social networks. Like, this mm-hmm. is not a private thing. Yeah. And I put a plug for the second one. When I show up for the second one, she goes, you should not have written that up. People should have to pay for this. And she was really mean. <gasps> and then we had to go on stage, and I was going to, like, just leave and say, fuck you. But then I realized she had just lost the Tony to Nina Arianda. Wow. Number one. Number two, they had just announced it was closing. Wow. But still. So she was in a mood. I'm so ungracious, projecting. I thought. Oh my god! I'm so disappointed to hear that. You know, I she's she was just in Follies at the mm-hmm. National Theater, and so I guess she's doing Mame somewhere in London now. What did she now. play in Follies? Um, Carlotta. Carlotta. Was she good? I thought she was. I great. only saw her on the the did video she do like Judy production, Garland? but no, it was not Judy esque. It could have used a little more Judy Judaism. I liked Polly Bergen. Did you like Polly Bergen? Yes, I loved Polly Bergen. I didn't like that production, but I liked Polly Bergen a lot. Actually, to I liked Elaine Page even in that. Uh, she was good till she got too angry with it as the song went on. Mm. It's like we get it. You want to be different than Ivan DiCarlo. Yeah, like when Deborah Monk did uh, Ladies Who Lunch and just made it angry. That was not mm. a, good, mm. a good. Yeah, production. it's like just, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the best I'm still here is Nancy Walker on that album. Yeah, I was just in a fight with some people on Facebook yesterday. There was the Nancy Walker camp, and then people were saying Carol Burnett. That was the all. She was good, too. Yeah, like like Nancy Walker made it transcendent.
but you can't see her, which is good because when she sings, I was a slow eyed vamp, and you're looking a little <laughs> bounty picker up her. And the Scrabble letters. Ida uh, Morgenstern. Yeah. Sondheim concert. Well, I wish other, that was on video. The other day we saw. Um, 54 Below, we saw Marilyn May do I'm Oh, she's amazing. So oh, yeah. Oh, good. she's amazing, yeah. Great. But and her- Eartha Kitt used to do the best version. Yeah. And right. Elaine Stritch, when she could remember the words. Yeah. Right. It's With Elaine Stritch, it was too cliche. Like, you know, we know you're going to sing this. Yeah. We're going to do Broadway totally. Baby. Well, here's a, a revelation. Last year, I went to see Mary Wilson from The Supremes at the Carlisle. Oh, wow. I'd never really seen a whole show of hers, like yeah. in a sit-down setting like that. And she's brilliant. I never gave her the credit. What kind of stuff did she say? That talented. Mostly standards. Mm. Because she does that with Jim Gavin, that um, uh, Lena Horne show. I think that they've toured like Adelaide Cabaret all over the world and stuff. Yeah, she didn't really. She did uh, Stormy Weather and um, did a lot of standards jazz, blues, gospel. She was extraordinary. Yeah. And is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah. One thing I'd like to see Diana Ross do is get into uh, Glengarry Glen Ross with Patty (laughs) LaFayette. Hello. I mean, Would that be great? Yes. It was just like all the like unbearable diva bitches in one cast. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, Sarah Jessica. anybody who ever got in a fight with anybody is going to be Cardi in B. This cast. Yeah, Sarah Cardi Jessica B. and Kim Cattrall. <laughs> yeah. But when Company ended in London, Patty tweeted because I read her tweets. Yeah, and she, is she still is she following anyone there? Because no, it's like no followed way. by eight million people. Yeah. Followers zero. zero. You're kind. It's like forty five thousand. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but she uh, had tweeted like, "I'm going to miss these people," as if it was over. And then yeah. right after that, they announced Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, but I don't know. She's I don't believe anything she says about that kind of stuff. You know, she's retiring from musicals. She'll never sing again. Unless another one offers. Yeah, you know, she, I don't. Patty's and she would admit it herself. Not a good indicator of where her career will go. Mm-hmm. You know, five minutes later. Well, Michael, you're amazing, <laughs> and we're we're so thrilled. I think we went to... off topic of the Funny Girl album. But... Well, that's okay. It all it all springs forward from Funny Girl. Do you have Do you have any? Um... Do you want to play uh, Dolly Concert Kill? Oh, yeah, we have to play Dolly Concert Kill. So you know the game Fuck, Mary Kill? Yes. So we have a version called Dolly Concert Kill where we'll give you three female performers. You choose one to see as Dolly Levi, <laughs> one to see in a concert at her peak in her career, and one to kill. <laughs> okay. okay. So we'll definitely give you Diana Ross. Yeah, yeah. And Barbara Streisand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the third, um, Liza Minnelli. There you go. Okay, so Diana, Barbara, and Liza, Dolly Concert Kill. Well, we've already seen Barbara's Hello, Dolly, in the movie, and I actually like well, this it. This is on stage, so you could have a fresh... Okay, well, have, and it could be whatever, closer to the age of the character times three. Whatever era of the performer you want yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, but having seen Barbara, she's going to give you pretty much the same. True. And I like the movie. I'm the only one. We like it, too. Okay. You, you like it. So Ooh. for Barbara, I would say concert in her prime, which I saw, and it was amazing. Diana, I would love to see her as Hello, Dolly. Oh, or yeah. in anything. And I hate to say this, I love Liza, but she seems to be doing like a slow suicide. So you're just gonna help her out. <laughs> Assisted suicide—that is awful. I did not mean that, and I didn't even say it. Hashtag Michael Musto wants to kill Liza. Right, Riley. right. I once got a letter from David Guest uh, Ooh, from his lawyer oh saying cease and desist, saying that he's gay, he is not, and how dare you? And I, oh wow! I heard, turned it to my editor in chief of the Voice, and he laughed and ripped it up and threw it into the air like confetti. <laughs> he married Liza Minnelli. He's gay. I mean, it's Hello. required, right? And I love Liza. I love, she actually was performing at the Neiman Marcus opening at the Hudson Yards. Oh, And right. I was there and didn't even know. No one had warned me. I'm wandering oh, around God. Hudson Yards opening, not knowing, going to Neiman Marcus. And Liza, you hear, ring them bells. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they gave her some free clothes. 
I'm sure they paid a lot of money for that. I bet. Yeah. She doesn't get that, But that's it. hopeful because it's, it means she is willing to come back to New York and do appearances. But I mean, they for Neiman Marcus opening, they must have paid her a couple hundred thousand lot, dollars, right? A lot. And how, she and for, did what? And you know, she's big on the room service. She's very. <laughs> she's big on the room service. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. No credit card. Put oh, down. any of us when we get one of those offers, we just take advantage. Yeah, my, mine always makes me put down my own card for room service. I've never been treated. Oh, I that. hate that because yeah. then I don't order anything. Yeah, it's not as fun. <laughs> well, Michael, you're amazing. Thank, Thank you so you guys. much. For We're thrilled. Yes, Do you want to plug anything or oh, yeah. social media, etc.? Um, on Twitter, I am Mikey Musto. And I'm also on Facebook. Don't I, I hate Instagram. Don't even bother <gasps> me. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I was looking for you on Insta. No, I'm on, but I just think it's a complete waste of time. So mm-hmm. don't bother me there. Thank you. But Mikey Musto on Twitter. Yes. Get all the tea, children. All the tea. All the tea. <laughs> Serving it all. Bring it. Yay. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. (laughs) Come back next week for cabaret goddess Natalie Douglas coming in to chat about Nina Simone's Forbidden Fruit. Other upcoming guests include four-time Tony-winning lighting designer Kevin Adams, Tony Award-winning lyricist and director Scott Whitman, and Tony-winning star Laura Benanti. This episode was recorded at CDM Studios in New York City and was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an ass. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.